0: Hello and welcome to the Rhythm Changes podcast. I'm your host, Will Chernoff, and this episode is sponsored by 12th Street Sound, a recording studio in New Westminster, and my favorite place to record and mix my music. Anthony Cenerini is the engineer at 12th Street Sound. There he does album, EP, and single recording, mixing for your music, filming live session videos in studio, and full production services where he can take your songs from the earliest stages all the way to an excellent product that stands up to the best of the best. Anthony is great at giving you all the space you need to craft your story as an artist. He has great gear. He has great ears. And I found his studio and all his services to be of excellent value. Plus my most streamed track of all time was recorded and mixed there by him. You can check out 12th Street Sound today at 12thstreet.ca slash booking and tell Anthony about your next project. And when you fill out that form, tell him that the RCP, that's the Rhythm Changes Podcast, sent you. Go to 12thstreet.ca slash booking to get going on your next music project today and tell Anthony that the RCP sent you. This episode is sponsored by Railtown Mastering, an audio mastering studio in Vancouver led by Andrew Downton. And what is mastering? If you're not familiar, mastering is the final step for finishing the recorded music that you've already tracked and mixed. And my top recommendation for mastering your music, if you're getting it done locally here in Vancouver in 2022, is Andrew at Railtown. That's because I've chosen him many times. We've worked together on my releases under the name William Chernoff some of those being my first album Aim to Stay and my EP's Quartet Reunion and 12th Street Quintet. Everyone I work with trusts that when we send Andrew our mixes, he will always send us back music that sounds better. And he has many notable clients in Canadian music. Like I just saw Brian Adams put out a new single, Andrew Mastered It. So if you want to learn more about what Andrew does at Railtown, you can go to his website, railtownmastering.com. And if you want to inquire with him about getting your music mastered this year, 2022, email andrew at railtownmastering.com that's andrew at railtownmastering.com or visit railtownmastering.com to learn more today
1: this was back home in the philippines i moved here to canada in richmond when i was nine years old and then when i was 10 somehow my mom just nudged me to like do you want to take piano lessons I think she was trying to get me off the Wii, to be honest. Um, Ah. (laughs) Did it work? It
0: worked really well. Happy Wednesday and coming to you from New Westminster, BC, it's the Rhythm Changes podcast, the only weekly interview podcast about jazz and creative music in Canada. I'm an active musician and performer here in Metro Vancouver, and on this show, I bring you my favorite conversations from the working world of music, so you'll always have local artists to hear and talk about. Today, I bring you a fan favorite among my Capilano University peers who just released an album. That's up next. Our guest today is a piano player and vocalist who released his first jazz album, You Must Believe in Spring, on April 8th, 2022. For the album, he played five standards and one original composition, with RJ Abella on trumpet, Emilio Suarez on bass, and Seth Kitamura on drums. The quartet recorded at Monarch Studios with Dave Sakula, and you can find the album out now on Bandcamp or stream it anywhere. So please welcome to the Rhythm Changes podcast from Richmond, Jancis. Hello. (laughs) Hello, how are you? (laughs) I'm I'm good. Spring is here. (laughs) Spring is here indeed. Thank you for coming by. But it's funny because you were kind enough to show me this project when it was earlier in the process for you and it was on the way to completion. And back then, it wasn't going to come out in spring. It was the fall of 2021 and you were getting the mixes done and you were thinking about when you were going to put this out. And I agree that it's most appropriate that it did end up coming out here in spring 2022. But what was the journey like to actually deciding now's the time that you're going to release this?
1: Yeah, well, there's several sort of phases where I went through in thinking (laughs) about it. The first thing was doing it in the fall kind of close to you know when winter was going to enter and stuff um it gets quite gloomy sometimes and you get into the the darkness of it and so yeah. it'd be a nice sort of uplifting thing to release when you say that spring is coming and you you must believe in it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hence the hence the song and so it, I thought that would be a great message to bring in, around that time um but also Actually, it was supposed to happen like spring 2021 even, you know. Oh, okay. Like I really wanted to push for that, but um there was a whole other stuff happening. Um actually, I'll get I'll get to the, be- the beginning of it was this started to to be a possibility, you know, making the record and stuff. I never thought I'd do one to be honest, but I've always wanted to record my stuff and get a portfolio out there really. That's what I was trying to work on and I recorded First, as a trio with the same band, it was sort of right off the bat. We weren't, we didn't really rehearse. It was, a, it was one of those free recording sessions that students from um, Nimbus, Nimbus, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they they just just offered, you know, and I was like, cool, yeah, I'd be happy to record just for just you,
0: Emilio, and Seth, yeah, Yeah, Emilio, and Seth.
1: Uh, it was was like a piano trio was 2022, it's a 2020, like November 2020, I think, gotcha. I got offered that and I just thought it would be fun to just record it, right? And to just have something because that's I've been meaning to do that and been working a lot as a sideman and haven't done my own thing lately. And so I've been wanting to do that as a trio. And, you know, with the pandemic and everything, it's really hard to find time and the right space to get a rehearsal in. And right. so I thought, why, why don't we just go for it, you know? Like like what the greats did. I mean, you know, we're not the True. greats. We're True. not the greats, but we're trying to be like them and we, to get you know at least half an ounce of their genius would be, you know would be is <laughs> already a blessing to have. But like to try to aim for that, have that mentality and mindset. And so, yeah, we just went for it. And I thought our, the trio just clicked well, and I I really like playing with them, and I can feel like like myself when I when I play with them, so I, I liked it. And then months later, I was like, maybe we, this could be something bigger. And so we had some stuff that we've done, and Skylark was one of them that's already arranged. And I wanted to make it a quartet, actually, and RJ was a person that I've been working with since I was at Cap, and I was in first year. Um, So the, both of us grew together as musicians, so he's one of the guys that I've just you know played with a lot as well so I wanted to make it a quartet and I was like let's do it let's, let's yeah. make it." And, then, and 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 it really the on the other hand of that is that my friends were an inspiration to that like people like Will Clements Alvin and Amber uh, all those people I even all those people <laughs> yeah you know those people exactly um even um Justice Cote um nice. his band Dante's paradise um you know I I recorded like I think one or two tunes that their last record but um they've been inspirations to me because it's like they've done this and they can do it and it's sort of I didn't think it was a possibility and it's all about just investing in yourself and believing in yourself as well yeah it was it was really thanks to those people as well that made me think that this is also you know possible so thanks to them and uh, I knew Will and Alvin and Amber were connected with Dave and so I just Contacted Dave and Dave was down. Like I was just glad that Dave was happy to take us. He's <laughs> an amazing person, yeah. and I was glad he thought we were good enough to record for with him. And so it, it happened. And then it just, yeah, it's it's uh, it's all just a matter of planning it and all that, which. I'm totally bad at because there's just I'm the type of person who's doing one thing and then another thing, and I'm dabbling on all these things. Um,
0: Anyway, that's the whole spiel of of how it (laughs) yeah kind of happened. So you're part of this Kaplan University community that provides many, many of my guests, like Will, Amber, and Alvin being all former guests on the Rhythm Changes podcast, and myself, this is how we all met. But I actually don't know anything about your pre cap journey. What drew you into this genre and this community in the first place? How you decided to get there coming out of Richmond? So what can you tell me about your journey up to the point when you got there? It was really uh, my family that's been like, the most
1: supportive amazing people in my life that you know they just encourage me to do whatever so I, f- I feel like it's really thanks to them that i can i can do this um all my siblings they all played instruments um oh, mostly cool. guitar and bass my older brother was actually part of the reason why i started music and because he played drums bass uh i pick key taught me a bit of drums when I was like seven or eight i don't quite remember but just doing four on the floor nice because we i think we wanted to make a family band you know but we, we mostly do like pop popular music or whatever's you know the top 40 at that time in 2005 <laughs> and your parents playing too or just the kids my dad plays a little bit he's also like a big influence of mine he just showed me all these Beetle beatle records and like I, I i love listening to them and so that that's he's been a big part of my musical journey and so he, he enjoys music a lot and so does my mom they've just been yeah super encouraging and this was back home in, in the philippines where i grew up in and oh yeah, yeah and then i moved here to canada in richmond when i was nine years old and then yeah. when i was 10 somehow my mom just nudged me to like do you want to take piano lessons I think she was trying to get me off the Wii, to be honest. Um, ah. <laughs> it was that tactic. Um, and it Did re- it work? It worked really well <laughs> because everything just clicked. I just couldn't stop playing to the point when neighbors would complain about it. You know, like, so I just had so much fun with it. Um, and it was just classical piano. I really enjoyed classical music and... I played that a lot and I did the whole spiel, the RCM conservatory exams, whatever. Nice. And I did recitals here and there. And, you know, at 10, that, that's pretty old <laughs> to start on piano lessons. Like you know, in I'm, the RCM piano world. Yeah. I didn't start playing until
0: I was a teenager, but yeah, that's a whole different thing. It, it's yeah, a whole sure. different
1: thing, right? There's like, cause I'd go to recitals, um, you know, at 10 or 11 and then I'm playing with kids who are like seven. And the, we'd be playing the same thing. Right. (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) But that never really bothered me as much. I just like I just wanted to have fun and play music. That was really it. Me having fun and playing music. I think that was my parents goal for me. I was really into composition. I was wanted to compose stuff. Like when I got, at, you know, 14, 15, like I really, I was addicted to Beethoven. My dad's like, you're so weird. Why are you listening to Moonlight Sonata? <laughs> like I would listen to the, not just the first move, the all movements, <laughs> all three movements. I would listen to it. I was addicted to it. I would do stuff like that and listen to it. And But then that's when I found out that jazz had something more to offer. In grade nine, I joined jazz choir. So actually okay. my first jazz love was vocal jazz. Singing, yeah. Singing, and I was, we were doing like New York Voices charts and all those different things. Um, we were okay, <laughs> but we had fun, right? And so I didn't really know what jazz is or really what is jazz. <laughs> I still don't know. Exactly, right? <laughs> but that was sort of my first exposure. But my real exposure of like, you know, the masters, like I would say, like Coltrane and Sonny Rollins and Charlie Parker from a video game, <laughs> really, I played um <laughs> hear me out here, Grand Theft Auto for Liberty oh, City
0: yes, on the radio station the radio yeah. stations
1: what's so cool about it is that you get to drive and feel like you're in New York City and you listen to a radio station, and they had a jazz station, and I was like, I like jazz quote unquote, <laughs> and then so I just had that on, and I was just having so much fun, like the most memorable thing for me was St Thomas oh. just sonny rollins it was something so quirky and just so human about it when he when you know he's doing all this you know when he was soloing right and so and and it's so funny too because in between like after a song finishes the guy on the radio would like just talk about like he's a really old guy and they would have have a pretend talk show and they would talk about like, oh, yeah, back when I uh, was talking to Mingus about this and yada, yada. <laughs> <laughs> so it was all cool. They were re- trying to make it authentic. So, you know, thanks to Grand Theft Auto for <laughs> Liberty City. That's how I found out jazz. And then, the, you know, and they, they announced who the artist was. So I, I just looked it up on the Internet. That really helped me like just get through it because like I got through my favorite things. That whole album, Maiden Voyage. I was really into that. I was the wayne shorter one would
0: speak no evil evil. yeah
1: all all those stuff and so that was sort of that was like here's jazz and i'm hooked
0: (laughs) yeah your piano comping on your original on the album flower prints it kind of sounds like speak no evil a little bit or it sounds like that kind of (laughs) thing
1: i wow that's so flattering wow thank you (laughs) wow wow that's i really appreciate that certain
0: kind of chord voicing right and like way of interacting way of fitting in with the drums and with the soloist yeah
1: yeah yeah like Her- Herbie, man <laughs> and yeah he's uh he's everything
0: i want to be <laughs> in in a way um so <laughs> or or his voicings with the miles quintet right yeah there's
1: this just a rhythm section interaction i'm very like sort of like instigating something against the soloist sometimes nice like you know obviously you support the soloist but like pushing boundaries like oh let's see where we can go to and yeah, I get that from those players, I guess, that's because I like listening to them. So,
0: Well, I owe you an apology then, Jancis, because the only time that we have ever played together was here in New Westminster, where we're recording today for VC Recovery Day on a rainy day in fall 2021. You joined me and Thad Bailey Mai on trumpet, yeah. but we did not have a drummer, so I did not afford you the opportunity to oh. have any fun. You just had to hold it down. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs>
1: no no that was really that was a really fun gig and i'm just i'm glad you called me on that because i've been a fan of your compositions too you know when i uh, listened to them and i was like this is so cool and so i've always wanted to work together so
0: well thank you because that was right after that i became aware of you putting this album project together so that was nice i believe that was the first time we met in person or the first time we really chatted at least first time we chatted yeah yeah Yeah, do you remember the first time we played First time we played. No, I don't know. What, what was it? <laughs> it
1: was a. Uh, it was a pandemic recording. Oh, what was it? <laughs> it was a uh, Will Clemens's beautiful love.
0: <laughs> oh wow yeah we collaborated without ever seeing each other. Ever see we, each other i sent a video to will and will also got us that gig so thank you will, yeah, yeah, thank you will. To him too. yeah but yeah we we each sent our own little videos to will he stitched them together and i guess technically we collaborated but it doesn't yeah, feel yeah, like but, it yeah it doesn't feel like it but uh, um
1: but i think i was the the last one that handed stuff in because i think i wasn't initially going to be in it but anyway so I heard your play, like I was comping to your playing and
0: taking a solo
1: with your playing. So there you go. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was that was fun. <laughs> nice. So that's how you got bitten by the bug for jazz from GTA driving around and listening to that radio station. <laughs> yep. Already having that musical push from your parents. So then, how do you get to cap? What's the gap there, and what ends up bringing you there?
1: It it was kind of like a weird thing, where because in high school. We just had jazz bands, so I was doing a lot of the jazz stuff, and here's the other thing not many people know. I was like 100% on the saxophone. <laughs>
0: oh. Hence why you you named a bunch of saxophonists here, like John Coltrane, Sonny yep. Rollins, right? Yep. Speak No Evil, Wayne Shorter, that all the was, saxophone references, yeah. Yep.
1: Throughout whole my high school life, I love playing the saxophone, and all I listen to are saxophone players. Yeah. it. I don't know. It's crazy how I was going jazz saxophone all the way, and then... Just first year I was a piano I came out as a piano major. But yeah, I was full on playing jazz saxophone at high school and all that stuff. And I guess what got me into cap was it was weird. It was it was a juxtap it was a weird juxtaposition in my senior year of high school where I really wanted to be this classical composer because I was still really into it. Still wanted to play jazz at the same time. That weird juxtaposition. And so I actually applied to uh UBC. <laughs> as a classical classical composition program and it was actually a blessing that i didn't get in (laughs) oh so they turned you down they turned me down and it was actually it was a little more hidden but it was one of those things that the puzzle pieces worked out together because when i auditioned for cap everything sort of went well and seems like i was digging more of like what was happening there and the people were there and like talking to doing my audition in front of brad turner who's been, you know, an amazing mentor to me. And so was Dennis Essen. I got to talk to them. They were at my audition and told me about the program, what to expect here and there. And actually, another person that really got me there was actually Jason Decudo. Yeah, he's my teacher. Nice. Um, who's taught me in grade 7 in my elementary band, and then in grade 12, he taught me in high school. And so he was a CAP alumni, and then he told me all about the program because he knew I was interested in jazz and everything. So he was another person that really got me there. Um, So um, that's sort of like where I ended up at CAP because of that. And and then, yeah, first semester happened at CAP. That's when I realized everything was a blessing in disguise because it was everything I wanted. So it clicked right
0: away for you. You felt like it was great right away. Yeah,
1: it was awesome. Yeah, like combo class, we got in. It was with Bill Kuhn and Jean Marois. And then we're talking about, you know, Blues by Five. This, <laughs> this is where I want to be because we're talking about these records that I was really into and loved. And we're talking about Red Garland. We're talking about, you know, <laughs> Sonny Rollins and all that stuff. So Yeah,
0: that's cool because sometimes people come in, there have been certain people in my cohort who i became friends with and i remember finding out like that they come to cap because they were interested in playing music but they don't necessarily have any jazz background but i did pretty much all thanks to my high school strictly as opposed to family and extracurricular stuff but you do too we both showed up there and we were already interested in jazz and that's what we wanted to learn more about yeah yeah it was like really
1: awesome just when i just got there and it's a lot of work, but it's, it's awesome. <laughs> you
0: know. So a little bit more on some of your album tracks. There's that version of Spring Is Here that I really enjoy, a track two, unaccompanied version, you sitting at that wonderful sounding Monarch grand piano being recorded by Dave and singing. How does that come up in the session day? Was that something that you always wanted to include in the repertoire? Was it something that you... Ripped out at the beginning of the session while you were waiting for everything to get sorted, or was it something you stuck around at the end and did like it just feels like a bonus thing How did you end up how did that end up happening? When I decided I wanted like a spring
1: theme kind of album, I guess I was kind of looking for another spring song <laughs> to be honest, and yeah. I think spring is here was it's actually really sad, right? It's very yeah. depressing in a way, and sort of that's why I put it in the second track because. I guess I'd I'd wanted to start off with the depressing thing and just kinda like You didn't want to leave somebody
0: on the depressing thing maybe. Exactly. I didn't want to
1: leave there there but then but I wanted someone to relate to those lyrics in a way and I really related on those and yeah, I was and I think it was the missing piece. It was the last one that I decided, yeah, I'll do this. And it was so last minute to the point that I was like, I think I'm gonna do it solo. Initially my my thought was let's make it like a like a string quartet kind of orchestral feel to it. Like, I, I wanted to try that with the band. Having, like, Emilio Suarez, who's such a great bow player. Like, he just plays the bow really well. And um, he play, also plays cello, too. That's uh, that's why. And oh, it's, yeah. just, it's just fantastic, the, the the beautiful things he plays on on the bow. And, and. But it didn't really... In rehearsal, we were, like, kind of figuring it out. And we were trying to fit it in. And I wanted to try it organically. And it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, it didn't, didn't work out. I think I'll just do it solo. And then I did a whole arrangement to it too, like changing up some chords. And yeah, that was the last missing piece. And I really wanted something that people could relate to. And I, I relate to it so much just because of some mental health issues that I've been going through throughout the past couple of years too. And I've been working through that. And so that just gets me in the feels. And so um, I, I wanted to put that song. That was That's sort of the story behind it.
0: Nice. And then on the last track, Spring Can Really Hang You Up the Most, which is one of the instrumental tracks, you play an intro to that. Is that the verse to that song? That's the verse. I'm not familiar with the verse, but I figured that's what it was, yeah. Initially, I was going to sing that song.
1: Oh. (laughs) Again, just another unaccompanied, just me on the piano. But that was the last song we recorded. In hindsight, I was like this is a really tight recording session. It was all in one day. (laughs) It was super tight, but uh, we were like, time was ticking. I was like, oh man, my voice was so tired. RJ came in at the last hour. You know, I asked him, "Can, can you, can you play this? Like, He's like, yeah, I guess, like we'll 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 play it, and he like, read the tune, and that was the two takes. The first take was terrible. <laughs> um, uh-huh. it, it, it was both of us, like you know. I asked him to do it on flugel because the flugel is such a nice, warm sound to it. When you play flugel, at least from what I heard from RJ, and I guess trumpet players can agree to this. It's it it busts your chops like a lot more than the the trumpet. So RJ was like, no, th- I think I'm gonna play this on the trumpet, and so it was just. Perfect. This his sound was, you know, he's always had an amazing, he, he has an amazing sound on trumpet. So when when he plays those first couple of notes, I was like, yeah, this is it. I don't need to, nobody needs to hear my voice again. So let, let's have it here. So that that's sort of like how we did it. But I wasn't going to put it as the last track just because it's another sad spring song, to be, to be honest. Especially
0: um, if you are singing it, then you've got the lyrics. So maybe that blunts it a little bit and makes it work, right? If it's just an instrumental.
1: Exactly. Yeah. The instrumental part, it just had that um, warm, embracing feeling like that's the end credits of, of, the, of the movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and so that, that was sort of, yeah,
1: the idea of
0: it. Sounds like maybe before you might have been thinking that There Is No Greater Love would have been the last track or something to leave people on an upbeat mood yeah more in a, more
1: an upbeat mood, yeah definitely, yeah,
0: but I think it it's nice to end on a
1: calm feeling after all, because it's kind of goes up and down <laughs> and and if you end on a gr- no greater love, it's just all the way up right? it ends up very up,
0: yeah, there's no spring connection in that song, is it that's the only one that doesn't have a spring tie- in? yeah, that's the only one that doesn't have a spring tie in i I just love playing that song, to be
1: honest. It's surprising that you said that the it feels more like a bonus track was "Spring Is Here," whereas I think of that song. There's no Creator Love" as the one that's more of the bonus track because it was just like I really just wanted to a song that we can just um is is wank an appropriate word for this or <laughs> sure. not? sure <laughs> I don't know if it has it a musical much. meaning yeah 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 no I know the musical <laughs> meaning where we can just have fun where we can just yeah. have fun <laughs> but I just wanted like a song where we can all kind of just have fun in and all that stuff. Um, and it's just a tune i was just working on a lot and um, yeah yeah
0: so nice that was the idea of it at least (laughs) well i really enjoy that this album's out here in the world i was really excited over the last couple months to look forward to it coming out so it's great that it's out in the world and i enjoy it i know that we were talking off air before we started doing this about some stuff you have coming up and unfortunately you're gonna have to Wait with the presenters to announce those things, so we're not going to announce some of the performances you'll be doing right here right now. We'll leave that up to them. But I would want to close, if we can, with another thing that you're working on. You also have a quintet that has history at CAF, where it's not quite the same thing as the quartet with vocals that you presented on this album. So what is this other group of yours, who's in it and what's it like?
1: So this quintet has been cooking I guess since I was in third year it was a bit it was technically on and off it hasn't really launched per se but it started out with as an idea with RJ like RJ has been just one of my musical collaborators in like a while since I got to Cap and we just shared a lot of music together and we just had that um uh, love for mid late 60s of uh miles davis quintet and so we love we love that so much and we we love playing music that is sort of similar to that the post bop kind of thing and i think ever since i was in like grade 12 or first year that was a dream band of mine to like just play something like that to do music similar to that and so really if we look back you know, way before, I'd never think I'd make this first album like this. It would have been like the quintet, to be honest. Gotcha. <laughs> but th- but things change, obviously. But this quintet, I've been wanting to run because like I've been writing tunes, um, like kind of similar in that style. And a big inspiration for me is Wayne Shorter, actually, just his music and the way he thinks about life and everything (laughs) philosophy true Um, another sax player (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah literally um so i i um i just wanted to make a band similar to that and then clem pytel who's another amazing drummer we've shared the same love for it too and um, i know he loves to do the tony williams stuff and so Uh, we just like talking about it like we love seven steps to heaven we love Miles smiles uh nefertiti um especially those three records i think we were like really addicted to it so we just talk about that a lot and we're just like let's do stuff like that like similar similar to that not exactly that you know repertoire i mean some of the that repertoire so i I, we're kind of working through it and then emilio was another missing piece and i was like let's have emilio on board and then um uh, yeah, a younger player, Erica Chow. Um, I invited her to play with us, and it just worked out well. And I've been writing more originals lately, actually. So I have more original music that I've been wanting to launch. Um, sort of Wayne Shorter inspired music <laughs> in some ways, I would say. Um, so that's that's what I've been. Yeah, that's the quintet. So yeah,
0: nice. Well, I'd say it's pretty cool that you got this album. You must believe in spring out with a different concept, while it really meant something to you and while you were really in it because now you've done that. Now you can move on to the next thing and this old thing has been captured, you know? So it works out. Yeah, I think it,
1: it just works out and everything happens for a reason and everything happens in the right place or time, right? So yeah, it's just a matter of, yeah, believing in
0: yourself <laughs> and believing in spring. Um. <laughs> you got to bring it back to the theme.
1: Yeah, bring it, <laughs> the memes, man.
0: So if you, the listener, are not following Jancis on Instagram or on Bandcamp, you should be doing that because then you can keep up with what's coming in 2022 with this quintet. But until then, you can continue to enjoy this album. And I will say this. I said this to you before we came in to record. uh, I want the listeners to know that I've been so impressed because Jancis' album release, if I'm just thinking about my little bubble, the people whom I follow on social media as Rhythm Changes and who follow me, this has been one of the most anticipated album releases of the year in our local little community, and a lot of people are showing Jancis a lot of love. It is well-deserved, and I really enjoyed your album. So thanks so much for coming and chatting with me today. Thank, thank you so much. I really just appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Rhythm Changes podcast. If you enjoyed it, I invite you to sign up for the free weekly article that I write. This week's article available now is about Dean Teeson, a local pianist and composer, and his big band debut concert coming up at Brentwood Presbyterian Church. After you check that article out, you can sign up for future editions of the free weekly article right on our homepage at rhythmchanges.ca. Sign up for the free weekly article today.